Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 109 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to you. How do you feel about fun? (laughs) I hate fun. (laughs) I know. Do you like it a little bit more than you used to? I do. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So this episode is airing, debuting on the 4th of July. So happy Independence Day, everyone, if you are listening when this comes out. Um, And we are going to share with you a conversation that aired in episode 10, way back in 2015, um, about all the things our kids want us to do that are not so fun for us. (laughs) And And we felt so grumpy about it. We did. And I want to set the stage here because for newer listeners or listeners who have not binge listened to the whole canon of our work. Our entire catalog. Our entire catalog. So episode 10, we had been doing this for a couple months and this episode struck a chord when it first aired. I think it it was the first time we were more than our just super sweet, nice selves. And we kind of let loose a little bit with some honesty. And I just remember getting, it was also the point at which we were starting to get more listeners besides our friends and family who already knew us or regular blog readers. So I just remember, don't you remember, we heard from so many people about this episode. This might have been the one that started it all. Yeah. Like so the actual one that started it all. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, it's never been re-aired. And so what we're going to do is chat for a few minutes here, and then we're going to let you listen to that original conversation. Um, and one of the reasons we thought to do this today on the 4th of July is this was actually recorded on the 4th of July. I think it aired a few days later, but in the conversation, you'll hear us talk about things like taking our kids to parades and fireworks yes. and the things that you're supposed to do in the name of family fun that we just don't don't love anymore. So that's a little bit of background about what we're doing today and why. But I thought also we could talk about what's changed in two years about Well, one thing I have to say is I one thing that's major thing that's changed for me since that episode aired is that I no longer feel guilty about any of that stuff. Like I used to feel really conflicted that I 
hated parades. Yeah. And like never took my kids to parades because I just don't really like that whole scene. Like, like if a parade went right by my house, I would walk out my front door and watch it for three minutes. But to like go through all that rigmarole of getting downtown two hours early and setting up a chair and then loud sirens and fidgety kids. Like I used to feel really kind of bad about not doing that. And now sometimes my kids tag along with other families to the parade, but when it doesn't work out, I don't care. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think when I re-listened to this, um, I think that was one sort of main idea that came out was it's okay not to like all forms of fun. And it's also okay for our kids to see us choosing what we do for fun. And in the long run, we always talk about taking the long view in the long run. Your kids have, it's not like your kids have never been to a single parade. They've either been with you once or they've been with another family and it doesn't have to be something you do every year. So yeah, I mean, what struck me about what's changed most for me. So when this was recorded, um, my youngest was two and a half and she's now four and a half. That's a big age difference. And I talked a lot about the type of fun that I hate most is like fairs, carnivals, anything with lines that you pay a lot of money for and have to park your car far away. I would include baseball games in that. Like, and it's so funny. You guys will hear me say lines, parking and crowds like 16 times in this conversation. Cause those are on the top of the list. But what's interesting is I will say, it's not that I love those things now, but the, the difference in how difficult that is with a two and a half year old versus a four and a half year old is night and day. So I do feel like now I'm able to pick and choose those quote unquote fun events that I might do with my kids. And um, let me just put it this way. No diapers, no (laughs) naps and no strollers. If you get rid of diapers, naps, and I mean like, you know, a kid who really needs a nap kind of once a day and strollers life is easier. It just is. And those, those types of fun events, not having to time it around somebody falling asleep or worrying about somebody skipping a nap, not having to like lug strollers in and out of the car and wonder if you're allowed to bring them in or, you know, have access to the stroller and then diapers and changing diapers. Like that's a game changer. So I will say we've done amusement parks a couple of times in the, you know, in the two years since this episode airs, we've done Disney, we've done Legoland. I don't bring a stroller to those things Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, But the other thing I realized that will probably never change about me is a couple of my like triggers that make me really hate fun. One is heat. I'm not good in the heat. And I don't think you are. You don't like to be hot either. Do you? I really don't. No, I mean, I can stand it if I have to, but I I wilt pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think that was a big one, knowing that like I might be able to do the pumpkin patch, but I'm not going to do it when it's 85 degrees, um, which it is sometimes here in Southern California in the fall. So um, yeah, those were my thoughts. It's gotten so much easier. I do occasionally actually choose to go somewhere like that with my kids. It's still going to be few and far between and it's not going to be the first thing I think of to do for fun um, but just for our listeners out there who dread those types of yeah. things number one don't feel guilty just like you said Megan yeah. and number two just it does skip, just skip to the don't feeling guilty part yeah. really Always embrace that right away, but also how much easier it gets when all your kids can walk around and you don't need the strollers, naps and diapers. Well, let me let me give you a little taste of my life. Yeah, because when we recorded this, it was two years ago. And so, you know, I still had teenagers and I and Claire was still out of diapers or already out of diapers and out of the stroller and all that. But even, you know, six and eight is like night and day. I will say now a couple things that have changed a little bit. First of all, I don't really feel bad leaving Clara at home anymore so I can take one of the other kids out to do stuff. Uh, it used to always be kind of a touchy thing. She was very much a mama's girl. And, right. you know, she still wants to give me 8 million hugs before I go anywhere. 
but it's not like she's clinging to my leg, sobbing as I'm walking out the door. So it's easier to do stuff like just with, you know, one or two older kids, which makes some things just a lot more manageable. Um, she's more fun to do stuff like that with, like, right. you know, go out and maybe hit like the art fair, which I've mm-hmm. avoided like the plague <laughs> because I forgot, you know, you forget, like we talked about this in the previous episode. Sometimes you forget how much time has gone by. And so yeah. you have this memory of doing something when it was terrible. And so you think it's always going to be terrible. And right. we have this big, awesome art fair that's coming up in, in a couple weeks here, a few weeks, weeks. And it's really cool. It kind of shuts the whole downtown down. And mm-hmm. the last time I went for any length of time, Clara was in a stroller and I think Owen was like of the age where you, you don't have them in the stroller, but they have to like hang onto it. Yeah. Or, or you might lose them. Or yeah. you might lose them. And, and the sidewalks are not that wide and it's really packed and it was just miserable. And I remember thinking, I'm never doing this again. And, right. and I thought, oh wait, this will be a co- completely different yeah. experience. Like I might actually get to buy something cause I can carry it out with my two hands. Yes. Um, all of my kids are independent now. Like, even Clara knows better than to wander away from me or right. like, go home with a stranger. I mean, it's just, it's very, very different. And another thing that we mentioned in that episode was um, some of the media, or I don't remember if I actually mentioned it or not, but some of the media that she was into those days. Well, but I definitely mentioned Dr. Yeah, we definitely talk about books we didn't like reading that aloud. A, that's a thing of the past. I don't have <laughs> to read those books anymore. Like the stuff we read together now is our books I like. Yeah. And she watches better programming, like stuff that's more interesting yeah. to me. So things do change. Like, I'm not going to say I, I really love fun all the time. Certain kinds of fun are always going to annoy me, but it, it has gotten better. So yeah, with it, that it, little it, bit of hope. <laughs> yes. With that little bit of hope, um, I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. I will say if you're doing something fun on the 4th of July and you are keeping your little ones up for fireworks and you love that, then more power to you. You guys know sometimes we like to uh, collectively complain so that everybody feels normal. Right. But the other side of that is if you are the mom rocking the 4th of July parade, we uh, we bow down to you. And yes, if that's fun for you, that's awesome. Because there's lots of things that are fun for us that maybe yeah. aren't fun for other people. Exactly. Um, I want to say quickly, too, I think you guys will notice that our sound quality has improved a bit. Yes. In we the didn't last sound couple as bad years. as I thought we would. No, we didn't. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. So little things, if you've only joined us recently, this will be sort of a retro episode. But the I was kind of cracking up at us and it's just a very relatable conversation i think so i think you guys are going to enjoy it and here we go we hate fun revisited hey everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the mom hour 10 woohoo! Yeah, yeah. i'm megan francis here as always with sarah powers hey sarah hey megan so today we are talking about something that i feel like comes up a lot in the summer and that is things that moms hate to do but we feel like we're supposed to like doing yeah. So, yeah. Whether for you, maybe that's taking your kids to the pool or pushing them on the swings. Um, we're going to have a great conversation about that. I have a feeling this could be one where we get a little rambly. Sarah, our sponsor, Vionic, is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. 
You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah. And let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right, let's move on to our conversation. Sarah, do you want to kind of let's start take complaining? It off? Um, no, you know, um, I'm excited to talk about this today. And I don't know what brought this up in my mind, except maybe there was something I was doing that I, you know, felt like I hated. But you wrote a post, I think about a year and a half ago, called to the mom for the moms who hate the swings. And I'll let you tell the story. But you, um, you just talked about how you hate, and I will use the word hate, pushing kids on the swings, but that. At this particular day, you're at the park with Clara and her little friend, and you realized that you were having a grand old time laying in the grass with them, making up stories and doing these other things. And this other mom was completely loving her time pushing her kids on the yes. swing. So um, I'll let you kind of tell that story and how you feel about hating the swings. But I do think we should get specific today about some of our own little things that we just don't love doing with our kids and why in the end that's really okay you don't have to love everything but tell us about the swings how do you feel about swings okay so I have never really loved the swings um I think you know what taking it back to when Jacob who's 17 now oh my goodness was a little baby I remember the first time I stuck him in one of those you know baby swings the hard molded thing and pushed him and I thought oh this is the most fun I've ever had as a mom because he was so delighted he looked so cute so cute and he was so excited and I sat there and pushed him for like five minutes and then he was really little it was easy to get in and out and I think that might have been the last time I enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed pushing him because as they get bigger, you know, they get to be like that toddler age and it's like their shoes stick when you try to get them in the yes. holes yes. or like they bend a leg. So right from the get go, yeah. the heavier they get, the worse it gets. So right from the get go, it's a huge pain. And then half the time I'd be pregnant, you know, with right. another kid oh, yeah. while I'm trying to lug my toddler right, right. Yes. into the swing. So right from the get go, I'm like, ugh. And then you stand there often just like in the sun and just push. And it gets really boring. And, it's, you know, unless there's somebody else standing there with you you can talk to, you can't, you know, look at a book. You can't really speak to anybody. Right. You can't look around and stare at the sky. You're just push, push, push. Right. And the bigger my kids got, the worse it got. Like, 
to me, the absolute pits was pushing like a three or four year old because then right, they're who huge. can't quite pump their legs. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it peaked for me when I had like two little kids and it and when Owen and Clara were both little, that was, you know, prime, you know, pushing time yeah. at the park. And I'm not huge on the playground anyway, but it's better when I can zone out on the on the bench or whatever. And sure. I couldn't do that because I'm standing there just punching or pushing and pushing. And I just thought. Not only do I not like this, but I'm just going to admit it to myself. I don't like this. Yeah. This stinks. And so I started joking about it with my friends. Well, the funny thing is, and I found out I had this whole gaggle of friends who also hated push the swings <laughs> and had been afraid to admit it. But we would like help each other out. We'd go to the park and we would purposely sort of distract our kids from the swings or we'd purposely find parks that didn't have swings. That's funny. Or didn't have little baby swings, you know? So anyway, that day I was at the park with Clara and her little friend, Sam, whose mom, my good friend, Missy hates the swings. Incidentally, <laughs> a fellow swing um, hater, fellow swing hater. And they were, you know, I kind of did the obligatory 10. I think I would count, like I would give them yeah. a number that I would do. And, and I just kind of did like 15 pushes or whatever. And then I said, okay, let's move on to something else. And so we went over and we were laying in the grass and I was just making up these stories and we were having a great time. And then this mom pull, comes up with her, you know, she's a younger mom than me, which, so I already feel a little showed up because she seems like way more enthusiastic <laughs> about the whole thing than me. <laughs> and... She, the kids are like, can we go on the swings? And she said, yeah, let's do it. And she pulled them out of the swings or out of the stroller and they raced to the swings and she's <laughs> doing underdogs and tickle fights and all this stuff. And I'm just watching her like, oh, come on, lady. Like, I can't, you know, I can't compete with that. <laughs> but then I thought, you know, good for her. She loves this and she's obviously having a great time. And my kids aren't watching her, my kid and my you know, right. friends, kid aren't watching her thinking, why can't my mom be like that? Right. Because we were having a great time with what we were doing, which was just making up stories in the grass. So it, I don't know, it was just one of those moments where I thought I don't have to feel snarky toward this mom because she likes something right. that I don't, which I think can apply right. to so many things, whether yes. it's crafting or throwing yes. parties. I don't have to feel snarky. I don't have to say something like, oh, who's got time for that? I can just not like the swings and let her like the swings. And that's yeah. totally cool. So anyway, that I think was what kind of sparked yeah, this Yeah, that whole, prompted this. this. Whole, well, let me, yeah. I'm going to tell you how I feel about swings, because this is funny to me. I do not hate the swings. And I, I hate several things, as I will <laughs> share over the course of this podcast. But the reason I kind of like the swings is I have three relatively young kids. So if I have all three at the playground and my youngest as listeners, if you've been listening, the running theme is that I have a very active, wild two and a half year old as my youngest. Right. So, and she does like the swings and her in a swing means she is in one place and she's I am contained. in one place. So she's contained. And then she's not trying to do everything that the big kids are doing, which that, cause for me, if she's not in a swing, she's now she's two and a half. She's, and she's a, she's a pretty coordinated athletic two and a half year old. So she, I don't worry about her as much, but when she was one and a half, 18, months if she wasn't in the swing it meant she was climbing to the very tallest no fear in this child yeah. like the very tallest where there's like the one gaping hole on the side yeah and so then she's trying to do what and that means I'm on top of the play structure that like if there's one place I don't want to be at the playground it is climbing the actual play structure so that's funny because I I do not I wouldn't say I love the swings and one thing I, like when we used to go to the park with a bunch of moms and kind of toddlers in that stage when we're like meeting up at a park, the swings were sort of like they would ostracize you from your friends. Sometimes like if I wanted to be talking to one of my friends, right. my kid wanted to be on the swings. So I remember we would try and like 
don't you both want to go on the swings and we can stand next to each other and talk? But other than that, I, I really don't have any dislike for the swing. So I thought that was kind of a funny. That is um, funny. Well, and that makes sense. It's, and it's also where you are in your life, right? So sure. right now, I mean, Clara learned how to pump about. Yeah. And I have to say, when she learned how to pump, I just had this. I've been wanting it for so long, like that moment that she would learn how to pump and it was totally out of my hands. Right. And so I was really glad, but also I thought, oh, she doesn't need me anymore. Nobody needs you to push I them. Know. They're totally self-sufficient. So, you know, going to the playground when I had like, say, uh, a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a baby was stressful. Right. right. But going to the park now is like nothing. I right. mean, I can do anything. I don't even have to look at this playground anymore. Right. You know, I mean, it's... It's such a different experience now, and it does kind of show me how things that once were super stressful for me or that I really disliked, I, right. I don't have to anymore. Right. Um, and, and the irony is, I bet when I have grandkids, I'm going to love to take them and push them in the yeah. things. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I bet I'll love cool. it. But it's different. It. When it's your everyday experience and you have to do it, it's different from wanting to do it. Sure. You know? And doing and it And I think, like, like we just both said, both of our experiences with the swing, it has to do with you know, what your personality is and what are the things you most enjoy doing anyway, you know, and how that fits into what your kids want. And that's probably kind of the broader thing we're going to be talking about today really is we don't have to spend every minute doing the things our kids want to do if it's things we don't like. So it's fun to find those areas where your natural, like your natural play instincts overlap with what they want to do and where they don't it's just okay i think absolutely um, so now i so, want to know what's what, that Sorry. i want to know your hates yeah okay so um i actually wrote down a few so that i wouldn't draw a blank but um this one of the things i really hate and this is gonna maybe sound funny is i hate like going to fun events <laughs> and i mean that by like fairs carnivals crowds places that are supposed to be fun for kids oh, yeah. and they're not Usually. And they're not, but well, I, 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 I hate kids them maybe even more than like the average person. Cause I just, I really don't like lines and I really don't like crowds. And then when you combine that with small children in crowds and lines, like there's just almost, I feel like the people around me, I feel like have that feeling, but then they do it anyway. Cause it's worth it to see the smile on the kid's face. Like I really would just as soon skip it. So right. we're recording this on the 4th of July. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm not doing any of this activities, I, by and the way. We are, we're staying with my parents right now, and they're renting a house um, that's walkable to a place where you can see the fireworks. And that is genius because where we are up in Santa Barbara right now, parking is terrible on the 4th. Parking and traffic, like you just can't. There's, there, I would be like in a hole in my room. I would not venture out. But we are like a three-block walk. So we don't have to deal with parking and but it's been the running joke that like I'm going to find a way to stay home from the fireworks because it's just almost no fun event is worth it for me and I'm a complete curmudgeon about parking crowds yeah. waiting in line and I know as my kids are getting older as, the, as their tolerance for those things you know increases it won't be such a hassle for all of us but I think it's just that's one that's like hardwired in me like I've never really liked I love a good get-together like a good backyard barbecue it's not that I'm antisocial, but if I can skip crowds and parking and traffic and lines I will and so for like as a mom I mean that's just a personality thing but as a mom it does mean that I really do avoid quote-unquote fun 
Like if I hear of like a like a pumpkin patch or a festival or a fair, it's like it's no, it's got to be yes. somebody else's idea. Like I, you know, I'll go, but it's not my favorite thing. Well, that's so funny so that because was, that was, was something I really felt a lot of obligation to do when my kids were little, mm-hmm. and you know, and I've lived in a lot of small towns. So every time there was like a festival or a fair or a carnival, you know, right. those little pop up carnivals they put up and yeah. those things yeah. freak me out. How can those rides be safe? I don't know. No, um, and. I would always feel like, oh, well, this is a thing. Like, this is one of those things you're supposed to do with your kids. And so we would go, and we went to fireworks almost every year. And finally, I just stopped feeling like I had to. And you know what I think about fireworks? This is just a good example, because that's something I'm not doing with my family today. Right. For all the reasons that you that you listed, um, the parking is terrible. We can walk from our house, but we have to cross this really busy street, and they don't direct traffic very well, so it takes forever. And by that point, oh. it's dark. And everybody yeah. is tired, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's pitch black down at the beach, right. which is where most people here go to watch the, the fireworks. Right. So you can lose a kid so easily. Yeah. And when they were little, that was even scarier. Now, I, you know, right. I don't think they're going to wander into the lake. But they're just it's just a lot of stress and a lot of hassle and a lot of packing and carrying yeah. Yeah. and dealing with stuff. And it's like a 20-minute fireworks show. Right. So the way I kind of got around that feeling in my head was I have so many... My kids will have so many different opportunities where they can watch fireworks. They can watch them at a ball game. Um, we go to Disney every few years. They can see them there. It's like, I don't feel like it's a childhood must, you right. know? Right. <laughs> it's not right. their birthright to see fireworks <laughs> on the 4th of July right. every single year. So we'll get some sparklers and we'll just hang out in someone's backyard. And I mean, it's going to be totally low key. Um, I am the same way about parades. I hate parades. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. the worst, in my opinion. And I know some people really love them and good for them. But people here, we have these, you know, these little small town parades and people go yeah. and stake out a spot early oh. and then sit there on the curb like all day. Yeah. It's hot. The yeah. kids are bored. I know. They don't even throw candy anymore at parades. Right. So, you know, it's it's not even like that. And then there's like sirens. <laughs> I don't like si- I never liked those when I was a kid. No. I hated parades when no. I was a kid because of the sirens. Oh, so, I'm glad I'm not alone. This sound like super curmudgeonly, though. I know, I know, but I figured this is where we were going to go with this. It's just some <laughs> ranting. Luckily, our listeners, listener, we've gotten another couple awesome emails about how people appreciate that we're keeping it real. Yeah. So we're going with that. If you're new, <laughs> this is how we roll here. Yeah. No, but I think we will, when we... When we kind of bring this around in a little bit, we'll we'll talk about some of the things we do love to do. Because I think that's part of this, right? It is. is that well, nobody loves to do everything. And that's what you said in your post about the swings that we'll link to in the show notes is that nobody loves everything. We're human. And that, right. you know, kind of acknowledging that and giving yourself permission um, lets you off the hook and maybe even lets you enjoy the things you do love to do with your kids and lets them see you enjoying those things more when you don't think you have to love everything. And I, so. and I, I think that we all have in our head these this list this almost laundry list idea of the things moms are supposed to like quote unquote Mm -hmm. and the things that kids deserve to have in their childhood quote unquote and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a screwy list if you think about it like why would i get so hung up on fireworks i mean it's cool it's not like i don't you know it's not like i'm taking fireworks we're taking kids to the fair i mean those are fun things to do but there's it's not like um my kids are going to be damaged if they only go to the fair a few times in their childhood. Right. And I only went to the fair a few times in my child. Right. I think, I think our parents were better right. about just saying this year, we're not doing that. Right. Right. We're doing something. We're going to go visit a family member or we're going to hang out at our own house. I mean, I think my generation of parent, my parents' generation of parents, I guess, were just good about 
drawing lines in the sand and doing the things that mattered for our family. And I think now, right. because maybe there's so many options or maybe there's yes, a social media. So. And the aspect. options are so, so like widely communicated to us yes. in, all, in all ways. You <laughs> we have always no know what's going You on. cannot opt out and right. pretend like you didn't know. And because right. people are sharing like stuff. It's local newspaper that yeah. you have, you know. People are sharing stuff on social media too. And that adds right. to the feeling like everybody else is doing something. So right. like in my town, you know, the days of the big parades, my, my feet is full mm. of people, those parades. But if I go around and talk to people, I find out maybe only a quarter of the families I know actually went. Right. It just feels like it's everybody. Right. Um, you know, one thing I want to mention before we get into talking about the things we do like to do, because I think that that is important and we don't want to just complain the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Although we I have would, more time for complaining. I'll, I would sit I'll... here and complain for the next 20 minutes at least. But yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah. There I, will be 20 I, more minutes of complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's also a... When you can kind of step back and embrace what you do love, it allows you to bring other people along for the ride and then vice mm-hmm. versa. Your kids get to have those experiences without you having to do it. And I'm sure you have an example of a time a family member or a friend took your kids along to something or one of your kids right. Right. to something you don't want to do. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. And then and then everybody, you know, kind of knows their strengths. And hopefully if you find yourself kind of in a family group or a community or a neighborhood, where the kids get to experience those things, you know, I, back when we lived in Arizona, we had like the crafty mom friend and those were when they, when the kids went to that house, there was glitter. There's never glitter at my house. Like not loose glitter, at least uh, maybe glitter, I'll have to, I'll have glitter in glue form. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Glitter and glue. Yeah. But even that, not in gel like, formation. It's, it's like, a, it's in the cabinet that nobody knows about. Like it's right. not free access, at least not right now in my house. But you know, there's like the house where the crafty mom lived and the house where, you know, the food was really good. And you know, like if you can assemble that village where the kids are exposed to all those different kinds of things, you know, it all works out. And I think, you know, it's good for kids to see adults cultivating their own likes and interests. And maybe that's a stretch and maybe I'm just sort of like sugarcoating it, but it's not a bad thing for kids to see adults who are really clear about what they like and what they don't like. I totally agree. And it's, it's, everybody knows it's good when mom is kind of happy and not stressed out. It doesn't mean you'll never just buck up and go to the fair because once in a while, you know, you might even have fun, but doing things because they're supposed to be done usually leads to nowhere. Good. Um, but I have another, I have another thing I know you hate to do and I'm going to call you out on it. And that is reading, reading Dr. Seuss books. Oh gosh. The worst. (laughs) And I feel like a total fink to say, I hate to read Dr. Seuss. I mean, it's un-American. And here I am on the 4th of July talking about hating Dr. (laughs) Seuss. (laughs) But I don't mind reading it quietly to myself. I think they're clever. I love <laughs> The Grinch that stole Christmas. I love right. The Cat in the Hat. I mean, I, I enjoy reading those books quietly to myself. And I didn't realize how much I despised hating them out, reading them out loud until I had kids. And I would sit down and, you know, they. I remember when Jacob was like old enough to go pick out his own books, however right. old that was. And I'd say, Jacob, go pick out a book. And he would toddle over and he'd come back with like The Cat in the Hat. And then I'd say, yeah. I mean, I'll do hop on pop. There's very few words in that one. So that's, that's okay. Right. But most of the time it's, but those ones that have very few words are boring. Yeah, they're boring and sometimes they're harder. So, okay. So here's my feeling on Dr. Seuss is sometimes I think they all get lumped together, but some of them are actually better stories. Like some are actually good stories with some rhyming. 
And then others are just the tongue twisters. Violet loves Fox and Socks right now. Do you know what kind of torture Fox and Socks is? <laughs> oh, yes. Like, I mean, that is the worst. So I do think there's some that are, I can do the ones that are more like narrative, you know, like a, yeah. a story like The Cat in the Hat or even like um, the Lorax or some of those. They have yeah. rhyming, but they're not purposely set up to trip your tongue. Like No, but I do feel like the Cat in the Hat has a lot more words than you would think going in. They're long. Yeah. It's long. They're long. Definitely. And so I'd get into it. And by like the third page, my mouth yeah. is tired. Yeah. I'm having to do like diction exercises before I start, you know, like warm ups. Right. <laughs> before, yeah. before I can read this book. <laughs> exactly. Um, so... Yeah, that's one of those things. And the way I solved that was by, you know, I usually leave certain books out in a basket yeah. that are sort of in rotation. And then we would, and this was a bigger thing when the kids were smaller. Now they kind of self choose. Um, but, you know, when they were like toddlers, I would have a basket out and that would have, you know, the 10 or 15 books we're sort of doing right now. And right. then I would rotate them. Right. Um, and I would just make sure there was never more than like one or two Dr. Right. Seuss books in the rotation. And, and sometimes I would direct the kids away. Like, if they wanted to read Fox and Socks for the 80 millionth time. Right. Yeah. And there's ages like there's kind of two and three year olds get really like attached and you just, you just sort of resign yourself to reading the same book over and over again. Cause that's like the pick your battles stage. But I, I reading aloud is actually one of the things on my list of things I, I love to do. Cause I I'll read almost anything aloud. I'd much rather read aloud than make up a story or mm-hmm. do some other things. But I, um, when I see people say that they don't like to read aloud or they don't like this book, I always kind of think to myself, like I take a pretty heavy hand in, in the books that are available to read aloud. And there are, there are even a few books that my kids, that they just get it out. I'm like, Nope, I don't read nope. that one. And it's not, it's probably not something that somebody else would be irritated by. There's one that's, you know, the magic school bus. Yeah. It was the show, and then there's books, and the they tree, have all these like the tree house. Not tree house. Yeah. I like I like reading Magic Tree House a yeah, lot. Those are fine. Um, no, Magic School Bus was like the science ones. There was the show, and it was a cartoon in the eighties with oh yeah, no, and that. it's still on. Yeah. It's indication, that show. right? And the kids yeah. like watching the show, and I don't mind the show. But the books have all of these science facts, and they're like in little speech bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no as someone I'm like a like a linear person. Like I like to read a story and it's almost more like a comic book. Like I can't read books that are like set up like a comic book where right. there's speech bubbles and things happening. And the kids tend to love that kind of thing. So my kids know, like I don't read that. Uh, and there's my son has some more comic book type books that I'm like, no, find something else. So yeah. I guess maybe the lesson there is it, it does. I mean, you don't have to have the books out that you don't like to read if That's reading really aloud. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June, and Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive in June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. 
Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O L I V E A N D J U N E dot com slash T H E M O M H O U R for 20% off your first Manny system. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You are driving the bus as a parent. We're not, you know, and if they get those awful books that are like, they're basically like Disney storybooks and then someone wrote some really crappy copy about Jasmine or whatever. You don't have to have those in your house. Those those can disappear. They can be disappeared. And they charge $28 for them because exactly. they have the licensed characters on them. And, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. another, thing, another thing is something I found that um, I didn't really figure this out until my kids were older is I enjoy reading chapter books out loud a whole lot more than a lot of picture mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. And you can start chapter books earlier than you think. Yes. You just read just yes. a little bit. You don't even have to read a whole chapter if it's totally. kind of in you know involved. Um, that was kind of how we skirted. And some of the ones have really beautiful illustrations, like yep. any that are um, illustrated by Garth Williams. That's oh, his yeah. name, right? The guy yep. who did the little oh, yeah. house and the yep. Charlotte's Web. I mean, there's something for the kid to look at. Even a three year old likes to listen. I, I to think it. we did. I think we did start chapter books between three and four in the yeah. same in the same way. And it is, I mean, it's so enjoyable. Those of you who are listening, whose kids are not there yet, it is so fun to reread those books. If you're a reader and a book lover and you will get there. And then there are new ones. I mean, magic Treehouse is great for early chapter books and they have pictures. And, um, and I agree. Um, there was a great article a few months ago about reading aloud. Um, and it was like, I don't know, 10 things to know about reading aloud to your kids. And, and one of the points was that exactly that, that you can start, that you can read above their level younger than you think. And all you have to do is just do little bits and stop and yeah. talk And it'll about take it. you forever like, to get through story. a yeah. book, but it's fine. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's another good We should actually if, link like, to, uh, I did a show with, um, Sarah, who has the Read Aloud Revolution podcast, yes. which I know people yes. love. Read and, yes. Yeah. And we did a show, uh, the, an episode of the Home Hour, like a few months ago. So we should link mm-hmm. to that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So just go to the yeah. Mom Hour and find this episode and, and you'll see that. Because we had a good yeah. conversation about all yeah, these things. Yeah, and Aloud is one of those things you kind of hear like, oh, if I have to read this book one more time. So, yeah. So you don't. You don't have to read that book one more time if, exactly. if, if it's that important to you. One more uh, hack about, about reading aloud is yeah. I've also realized with little kids that if you don't if you're if you're reading one of those books that is just a little longer than you actually want to say all the words and you want to paraphrase make sure you don't read that one very often <laughs> because kids will memorize the yeah. book yeah. and they'll figure you out like they will catch you so mm-hmm. i would know there was books that i like i enjoy i like the pictures i like the story but there's just too many words and you know mm-hmm. those books sarah mm-hmm. and you do a little paraphrasing or a little mm-hmm. i don't know maybe maybe you're not a big cheater like i am but um, I would paraphrase. I would drop some of the less the you know the phrases I didn't think really needed to be in there. But you can't do that with kids who are emergent readers, right? Because they follow along, and you can't or do it with kids who've already memorized yeah. the book, right? Right. So think ahead. Be proactive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
So how do you feel? So I have another thing that I hate doing. Okay. And I don't know how you feel about this one. I know how you feel about Dr. Seuss. Um, it's going to turn I, out I hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> then no one's going to want to listen to the show anymore. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just after 17 years of motherhood, you hate everything. I'm just, I'm just no. done with it all. You're just okay. tired of everything. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do not like playing make-believe at all. Especially if I have to like make up if I have to stay in character longer than like one line, like the extent of my ability to pretend with my kids is like, they can pretend to make me a meal in their play kitchen and bring it to me on a plate and I will pretend to eat it. That's pretty much it. Like if I have to, and the funny thing is I'm a huge like proponent of make believe play. Like I love that kids do it. And I think it's really important. And I'd rather see my kids play make believe than do anything else. I just want no part of it. And I'll just come out and say that. And my husband's really good at playing make-believe. So that's just, you know, that's just, they will, there's people pretending all around me all the time and I almost never partake of it. So I don't know how you feel about role play. Yeah. Okay. So theoretically I should love it. Um, when I grew up, I mean, I was in a state of make-believe at all times. Right. That's like my son. Yeah. I mean, at all times. My mom, I remember being like, are you here with me? And are you, hello, <laughs> Megan, are you here? So I really thought that would be something I would love to do with my kids. I like making up stories. I like writing stories. You know, those you are all things I can, theater. and I can make up stories and I yeah. act, you know, so all those things. Here's what I found about making believe with little kids. It's not fun for me because they want to direct everything. Yes. Yes, they only want you to say one thing. They want yes. you to say exactly what they want you to say. Right. And so I got in this with, with Jacob, and I remember sitting down with him, and he'd have his little cars, and I'd have the little cars, and I'd be like, vroom, vroom, let's go over here. And he's like, no, yeah. that's not what we're doing. i say, oh, okay, well, what are we doing? He's like, well, we're doing this. And then he would give me, like, his story. Right. And he basically just wanted me to parrot yeah. Well, he oh, would, yeah. he just wanted they'll an extra set you, of hands. They'll tell you like right up. They want you there, but they'll tell you, they'll feed you lines. Yeah. yeah I don't want to do yeah. that. I think that that's boring. Yeah. So yeah. I would find a way out of it usually. And I actually think I wrote a post. I'll have to dig now I, a long time ago about how I kind of just resigned myself to being a grown up. Like I don't right. really want to lay on the carpet and right. push cars around and listen to you dictate to me what I'm going to do with those cars. Right. Um, right. Claire is even worse. I mean, she has, she lives in this fantasy world. She's just like me when I was a little kid of all the time. And I would love to be part of that fantasy world with her, but she doesn't want me to have any agency over my, my own make-believe play. You know, she's, she's a tyrant. So I will, I'll play games with her. Like, and this was a game that she doesn't play as much anymore, but we played this like every day for a year. It was pretend you're at a pet store and I'm a kitty Uh and you buy Uh And I'd want to come up with like, oh, it's this kitty. And, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd come up with this whole thing. And then she'd be like, no, mom, you know, you're supposed to say, look at this cute kitty. Right. Oh, he looks yeah. lonely. So I would do it, but very grudgingly. Like you, I'll eat the yeah. food if she brings me the food. Right. And luckily, Violet I just. pretends right now, even at, she's only two and a half, but she's just starting to get into it. But um, we joined a gym a few months ago and yeah. she goes to the childcare. And that's her first experience into any kind of organized childcare. So like a lot of kids, they act out what they like are experiencing in real life. So we pretend all day long, she brings me a baby and says, I'm dropping it off at kids world. That's the name of her childcare. So that's what we all day long. I'm brought babies and I'm supposed to take care of them in kids world. Now at two and a half, she's a little easier to fool. Like I can just pat the baby and continue to do my own thing. But yeah, they do become very specific. And then I'm sure probably some of your boys have gone through this too with it's not just boy stuff, but when there's a very specific narrative like Star Wars or Lego yes, Ninjago and I don't know or it Harry often. Potter and you don't know it. And yeah. I 
refuse to learn it, quite frankly. I mean, once I've kind of given it the like parental blessing that this is a good movie or book right. or story, then I just have no plans on intimately knowing the characters or the right. details. And so how can I pretend? I mean, even if I wanted to set down everything and give him that little time to pretend, I don't know the characters. So I'm sure that came up with you too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also sometimes they would have like their own sort of like spinoff almost of it. So my kids are really into Pokemon mm-hmm. and I tried, man. I, I only actually, know like three we've names. just gotten into that. And I, um, again, there's so many of them and I've watched a few of the shows, but then they would have like their own version. So they, you know, they would invent stuff. Oh, totally. And invent. Totally. So even it's not even like I could have studied, you know, the Pokemon, you know, history, I guess, and right. maybe come right. in and kind of had a passing knowledge, but then there was all this, their own take on it and their own, yeah. you know, versions and stuff. So here's, here's my thinking about this. I just feel like, again, this is one of those things that probably a lot more parents don't like than mm-hmm. feel they can And feel it. bad about it or feel like they should be doing it. But I also just don't feel like as a grown up, it's my job to play with my kids at that level. And I don't think they need me to. Like, I just don't. Right. I think play is the child's work. Mm-hmm. And especially imaginative play. They're working so mm-hmm. much stuff out and they can do it alone. They can do it with other kids. I feel like mm-hmm. when you get adults in there, I mean, that's one thing. If you love it and you want to do it, great. But I just feel like that, I feel like having us involved does change it a bit. Um, and I think whenever Clara or any of my kids has wanted me to play make-believe with them, it's been like a last resort. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be there. Yeah, they, and you know, they're not usually probably as satisfied either. Unless no. you just find like a grown-up big kid like my yeah. husband can be sometimes who really will play Star Wars like a kid. I always just you felt know. like I was just a body. Right. Like another person in the room. And I actually remember um, having this with my mom up until I was pretty old, like seven or eight. I remember I would tell my mom that I was going to have a party and like 30 people were going to come. And I'd run out the back door and I'd put something on like a purse or uh-huh. you know, a hat or whatever. And then I'd run to the first to the front the door people. and I'd ring the doorbell and my mom would answer the door. <laughs> and I'd say, hi, I'm Alice. I'm here to see. And so she would kind of just, that required like no work. Sure. And she would kind sure. of go along with it. But then later I would say, so mom, you know, can you like come to the party? And she's like, no. No, no, yeah. no. I answered the door 30 times. Yeah. Um, I've done my job. And I only wanted her to do that because I didn't have anyone else to do it. It wasn't. Right. And if she had said no or been busy, I would have just come up with something else. Right. Like right. I would have just gone in. I don't or, know. And had a teddy bear party. Or, exactly. Yeah. You know what I will say, because we're ragging on Make Believe a little, and I'm such a big, you know, I'm such a fan of Make Believe, and yeah. I'll link to my, a great book is called The Case for Make Believe, which is like, I think, 10 years old, and um, was really influential in my thinking, but um, putting a little bit of time maybe into playing Make Believe with the really young ones, the preschoolers, two, yeah. th- two and three-year-olds, is and I don't mean sit down on the floor and play baby dolls all day if that's not what you want to do, but um, I do think it pays dividends later because if the kids haven't learned that kind of role play, it's a, it is a little harder for them to do it in their mind um, or to do it with a sibling. So yeah. if there's any time where it's worth, and like I said with Violet, they tend to do the same things over and over again, and it's a little easier to just play your part. They don't get as, um, you know hung up on the details and the characters and all that. So, you know, I feel like that is, if you're going to spend, you know, 15 minutes pretending a restaurant or baby dolls or whatever, it's probably those young ones are when it kind of helps them because then later on, they really do learn to do that on their own or with a friend or with a sibling. Well, it helps them. And again, like you said, it's not the same. It's not as much work. Right. For you, because you, you can just kind of do whatever. And it's not as, yeah, play babies, hold the baby and pretend like you're, 
feeding it or whatever. That's easy. So, I'll do that all day. Right. Um, yes. It's the complicated dialogues with yes. these characters I don't know. Yes. And where nothing I say is right. Right. They correct you on everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally. And it's not fun for them either. I don't think no. it's really what they want out of you either. So let's, this is a good time to talk about when you do need to or want to say no to your kids asking you to play with them in this way. What are some ways where you can do that without it being, you know, just a complete shut down for them do you I feel like I what I usually do is offer to do something else you know like yeah. I'm not I'm not available to do that right now but I'd love to read you a book I mean I will almost always read aloud I that's yeah. one thing I can I can almost always do do you have any other strategies well, for- what I would what I do is I look at the situation and I try to figure out is it that they want to spend time with me or is it they mm-hmm. really want to play this game yeah that's a there's great there's two different point. things so if they just yes. really want to spend time with me then let's you know I'll I'll Let's color. Let's and I'll color. And that's something I actually didn't like doing when I was a little kid. But now I, I kind of enjoy it. Um, I like to color. Yeah. Um, or why don't we go in the kitchen together? Some, especially sometimes when it's because I really am busy and doing something. Mm-hmm. I'll say, why don't you come in here and, and we can you can talk to me while I cook or you can mix up yeah. some ingredients or whatever. If it's because they want to be with me. A lot of times it's really just because they want to advance the game and they don't have a friend to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I might just kind of humor them for like for the five mm-hmm. to ten minutes. Sure. I might figure out a role I can play in the game that doesn't require me to know, you know, like maybe I'm the store, the storekeep. Mm -hmm. Is there any way to work that into the story? (laughs) Is there any way to work me into the story as an adult? That's something I can do. Like I can sit here (laughs) and pretend to be an adult as part of your story. Right. Um, I don't know how to pretend to be a Pokemon character. Right. So, you know what I mean? So I think it depends on what it is they really want. And Mm -hmm. thirdly, sometimes it's just that they really need a little buddy to play with. And in that Mm -hmm. case, then I'll call, I'll call someone and see if they can bring a kid over. And yeah. drop them off. Um, yeah. Sometimes that is all they want is just another right. a little kid. They don't want me. They really want to play with one of their cousins or a friend. So, and you know, I mean, some classic advice you always read is to make sure you're kind of filling kids' cups proactively so that they don't feel like you're always saying no. And I think that advice works really well in stuff like this. If you know that you get asked to play Lego Ninjago eight times a day, it doesn't hurt to preempt the request and say, hey, I've got a, and I think I do this when I have a free five minutes and say, you know, can we do that? Can we do that thing you were asking about yesterday? I'm free right now. And even if it's your not your favorite thing, by doing it proactively, you're at least kind of, I mean, completely granting their wish fulfillment but you're doing it on your own time and probably it's five or ten minutes that then later you're not having to say no to does that make sense or bringing or or suggesting an activity that you actually don't mind doing and do want to do but still they're getting that feeling like you want to be with them and you want to play with them um rather than having to say no later when you're cooking dinner or whatever yeah Um, i agree i mean it just and and sometimes it is about them wanting to just be with you and i think if we mm -hmm can feel that it makes it feel a little better when we can't or just don't want to play (laughs) later. Um, But again, I mean, it just depends what, and you can kind of tell the older kids, especially what it is they're trying to get out of you. Right. If it's time with mom, you know, that's easy to, that's easy enough to accommodate. Um, Right. Just maybe in a different way. Right. You might have to suggest. Yes, definitely. Um, So what are some things that you said you like to draw? What are some other color? What are I some like other things color. you I do? Terrible drawing. Like, uh, <laughs> and that's another funny thing. So sometimes the kids will come up and say, um, "Mom, I need you to draw me 
something. And I was like, <laughs> honestly, anything you can draw will be better than anything I can draw. So no, I'm not going to do that. I will. I love to have stories dictated to me and write them down. That's oh, something that's that I don't have to do as much anymore because the kids can all they can write. Now. But I used to do a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing that I'm great at, which I don't. I don't know if this is like really an activity so much, but when we were talking earlier about um, trading and everyone having their strengths and everybody mm-hmm. having something they're good mm-hmm. at, I've always been great at being the mom who will take a whole bunch of kids with me someplace or who mm. will like have a house for right. kids. And so there's been times when we've been like on our way out the door to go to a water park or something and we realize we have an, an extra seat open uh-huh. and we'll just call a kid and be like, hey, you want to come? I mean, that's I feel great. like that's one of those things where like I... I never mind adding more kids mm-hmm. to the mix and I'm able to deal with the chaos of that really mm-hmm. well. And I think that what that's done is allow me to offer that to my friends, mm-hmm. that spontaneity and that being able to take their kids places. And then mm-hmm. so the trade-off is, and then you hope they involve your kids in something they like. Sure. You don't, which could be anything from, you know, teaching them to tie their shoes or to, you know, right. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Things I, I imaginative storytelling, yeah. play exactly. Um, right, is something See, I have a really hard time making up stories. That's just, that would be on my not like list. I'd rather read a book, even a book that I don't love, than make up a story. And I don't know why, but you've well, got that. No, I have that. And also, mine was born out of a little bit of laziness and desperation when my kids were really little. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember having like a nursing baby and laying on the other kid's mm-hmm. bed with a nursing baby and I'm exhausted and they mm-hmm. want me to read a story. And I'm thinking, first of all, the lights are already off. Secondly, my hands aren't really mm-hmm. free. Thirdly, right. I honest to God, just Can't don't keep have my eyes strength. Open. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would just be like, everyone close your eyes and I'm just going to tell a story. And I would just start making stuff up and the stories were dumb, but I would add a little but bit. They to love every that. And and it just, it got them what they wanted, which is time uh-huh. with me and time to yeah. settle into bed. And I didn't, you know, but it was so much more manageable for me than it would have been to get up, get the book right. out, turn yeah. the lights back I on. I love that. Yeah. So that was kind that. of where that was born. And it just became something that I enjoy doing and I'm pretty good at. But, but again, like you don't have to be. There's no, I love, I love to sing. I mean, I know you love to sing too. We both love to sing, but I, I would rather probably just sing and or even make up songs or change the words to songs, which is something I'm oddly good at, but rather than make up a story. So we, I mean, that's like, it's like a joke in the car. If people are um, like grouchy in the car, that it's like a joke that I always say like, okay, let's sing a song. They're like, mom, (laughs) that's one. I I would be like the choir director, mom. Actually this Christmas I did, one of our neighbors was like, we should take the kids caroling. There's so many, you know, kids on our street. And I was like, we should absolutely do that. I'm organizing it. And my friends were kind of like, really? You're not the, cause I really am not a big, like we talked about, it. I don't like big organized events. I'm kind of a homebody, but that one for some reason, like hit in the sweet spot of, I love singing. I love singing kids. I love the holidays. There's no parking involved. There's no parking and it was right outside my front door. Right. <laughs> so right. Have to- that makes a difference. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of finding those ways that the things you love to do are also things that are fun for the kids. Now, here's another thing. If you, if you're not great at making stories up, but you are in a position like I was all those years ago when you're exhausted at bedtime and it's just a hassle and maybe you're putting more than one kid to bed at the same time, or you've Mm -hmm. got a nursing baby or whatever, get a book on tape. Oh yeah. Because you can all listen together or, you know, I guess these days. It wouldn't be a book on tape. Oh my gosh, that made me sound like I'm like 
15 it's okay. years old. Or right, we totally knew what you meant. <laughs> a book on, get a eight track. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, download an audio book or, yeah. or I do think that the radio or the, um, Libraries still do actually have children's books on tapes, but because well, and something- actually what most libraries do now, and this is like, this is something I've been telling people um, that I discovered last summer is most uh, our library. And I think most libraries now are connected to like a digital online library where you don't have to go in and check out an audiobook. You log in with your library info and then yeah. on your device, you download it there. Um, and so there's, we've been doing that. Can I make awesome. a really can I make mm-hmm. a really funny confession right now about yeah. another thing I hate? I hate returning yeah. library books, which is why I haven't been <laughs> to my library in a while. Well, this is for you because, then, because I I have to do the walk of shame through your library. So free no, no, audio books are expensive. I can't down. I can't use my library until I do the walk of shame. Oh, the desk got and write it. The check for yeah. the fees. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I've been putting that off, and I know I just need to do it. But uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm terrible you because should. I would go in. I, I had this pattern where I go in and I check out way too many books. Yeah, because I it's like a smorgasbord. I can't stop right. myself. And then we take them all home, and one yeah. gets lost, and then we yeah. turn it, return everything else. And then when I go back to check stuff out, they're like, "Oh no, you still have X Y Z book out." And then I go home to find it. I don't find it. Then I'm all ashamed. It's just it's a terrible pattern that I need to just get over. And go you should just check. pay the fine. Pay it I know. Off. Buy yourself it. off. That's what but. it's for. It's you know everybody does it at some point. But I know. Um, but yes, so some sort of audio file. Yeah, and so definitely look it up if your library has, um, because this is something I've discovered a lot of people don't know about, even people who are pretty tech savvy, and audiobooks are so great. And it's so much less guilt for me than turning on the TV. It just feels like like they just sit there with headphones, which I guess is pretty passive, but mm-hmm. um, it just feels different. And it is. It's like they'll listen to, yeah, it's great. I agree. And that, um, that Sarah Mays is in that Read Aloud Revival podcast, too. She talks about audiobooks. So Yeah, I feel like she and I might have touched on that as well. It's just yeah. sometimes reading doesn't have to look or storytelling or whatever it is. Right. You know, enjoying right. literature with your kids does not have right. to look the way, the classic way we always think it looks. It, it can and be a lot of things. Right. And bedtime doesn't always have to be the time for reading aloud. That's, no. what, that's a time when I'm really tired and don't particularly love reading aloud. But it's, it's midday if my kids are squirrely that I sometimes I just sit down with a book and start reading and see who comes to listen. <laughs> you yeah. know, because it's like if you read it, they will come. So yeah, well, and for uh. me, it, my the way the thing I've sort of decided for myself is because I don't um, I'm although I love to read and I love books and I don't mind reading out loud. It's not the first thing I think of, so mm-hmm. I often w- wouldn't think like proactively to do it. So mm-hmm. I've just made a rule for myself: as long as I'm not actively like working on mm-hmm. work, work or mm-hmm. cooking dinner. Anytime a kid asks me to read to them, I will drop everything and do it. So that's I mean, there's that times a day that will work. That's the one thing I say yes to, and I kind of that's just something I declared in my own mind at one point. But the same thing, like unless I physically cannot do it. Will you read me a book? It always gets the answer yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It may not, yep, be, yep, it may yep. not be the magic school bus book, but Yeah. But um, again, now because we're talking about things we hate, say you're the mom who just for whatever reason say you know, I think that sometimes we both like to talk a lot and we talk fast. Yeah. I don't think that mm-hmm. everybody has the <laughs> the endurance that we have, Sarah. <laughs> People's voices get tired. People don't like it for whatever reason. Right. So that's when you have your audiobook on right. hand and you say let's go cuddle up in a chair and listen together right. it's right. still spending time right. with your kids it's still right. you know consuming literature and that's what counts right, right. i love it have we talked about all the uh, things we hate we're running out of time now and i, I just wonder I think if there's so, unless you're thinking of more i mean I pretty can't. much we hate fun we hate <laughs> things we hate fun 
Let's call that's what we should call this episode. We hate fun. We hate love. We hate joy. No, we I just no. I love snuggling. I'm the best snuggler. I will always snuggle a kid. I'll snuggle other people's kids. Oh, that's yes. That's a talent. It you know, I, I just it. am a I'm a I'm a equal opportunity lap and snuggler and hugger and, and that's something that I think and is important too. And not everybody loves like it. This too, but I love to talk, obviously. <laughs> this is not what? But um, I feel like having conversations and as your kids get older, if you're listening and you're kind of in the toddler preschooler age, but the older your kids get, the more fun they are to talk to. And I, I love, you know, whatever it is, kind of like throwing out a hypothetical question and seeing what they say and debating and talking. And that is something probably not everybody loves to do as much as you and I, Megan, but there are, I think if you think about it, there are little mom superpowers that you have or things that you really like and are really good at that are great for your kids. And the things that you don't, if you do not love Legos or if you do not love trains, that is not, the end of the world. So I guess the the message is to acknowledge those other ways that you spend time with your kids. And if you're home with your kids, if you're working from home, if you're staying at home, you're logging a lot of hours. Not all of them have to be actively engaged in what is traditionally defined as play. Benign neglect is a very good thing. (laughs) You know, just it's kids. They need us. They need an adult around, but they don't need us to be actively involved in what they're doing every Mm -hmm. moment of the day. In fact, I think that that, I think that is too much. And I think that they need time Mm -hmm. to just be on their own and figuring stuff out. And there are stages where they'll ask you to play with them all the time. Like we've talked about, I think two and three year olds, it's like a really, it's a struggle because they're old enough that they kind of know what they want to do. And they've been exposed to big kid play, but they just, they have a little bit of a hard time playing by themselves yet. So that's going to probably always be a struggle and they're going to ask you to play with them. And so hopefully we've given some strategies for how to do it and not make yourself crazy, but it gets better, especially if you give them that freedom to play by themselves and those growing pains of figuring out what to do with themselves, it gets way better. So before we wrap up, I want to address something that I think is important that I that I didn't really realize until maybe the last few years. And that is that depending on the stage you're in right now, you may quote hate unquote something that you legitimately hate because right now it stinks. Mm-hmm. So an example would be when I had a bunch of small children, I would say I hated crafting because mm-hmm. for me at that point, crafting yeah. was taking messy crap out running madly around a table, keeping a toddler out of it, keeping the toddler out of it, you know, pre-cutting shapes or handling the glue stick Mm -hmm. or whatever it was, boring stuff that wasn't really even crafting. It was sort of like managing an assembly line. (laughs) Well, it's an assembly line, really. I mean, the the stuff that you looked at to do with kids that are, you know, crafts, it's not particularly artistic a lot of the time because you have to kind of give them pieces they can work with. So it's not fun for me. It's not fun. That's what preschool teachers are for. That's what preschool teachers are for. And they love it. And (laughs) God bless them, you know, but that stuff. And again, my friend Missy and I would go to like library story time and she'd be like, do you think we could get the kids out? Like sneak them out the door before craft time? Because at the very end there was always craft. And it was again, just like us running around managing like little pom-poms and glitter and and at the end, the kids kind of made this whatever on a paper plate, and they weren't particularly proud of it. It was just to me, it always felt like more hassle than it was worth. But I don't, I don't need to be playing in that medium so much. It's not like you know the glue right. and the glitter and all that for me. It wasn't that fun. So, what I will say is, as you get 
as your children get older or you move into a different phase, you might find that you can re up, you know, have a new approach to some of those things. Mm-hmm. And there might be something that you do like. So you might think of yourself as someone who hates to bake or hates to craft mm-hmm. or hates to do whatever. But maybe there's something about that, that once you have your arms free and your lap free, like I'm getting into mm-hmm. doing um, needlework. So I'm embroidering mm-hmm. and I've been working on this piece for a long time. So it's not like I'm doing it every night, but I really enjoy it because I don't have a toddler anymore. Mm-hmm. No one's climbing in my lap. No one's taking the, the threads and running away mm-hmm. with them. I now have the ability to enjoy that. And it is crafting. It's just mm-hmm. not what I thought of as crafting. Right. Right. So I think we have right. to be open to mm-hmm. evolving a little bit while keeping in mind that we both hate fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and parades. And parades. No and parades. Fireworks. On this on this Fourth of July day, <laughs> we declare. <laughs> oh, and you know yeah. what? Um, I would fight to the death for your right not to go <laughs> to the Fourth of July fireworks. That is not I know. if I conveniently <laughs> fall asleep at nine o'clock, which isn't, exactly. you know, unheard of, as you know, then I won't make it to the fireworks. But yeah. I think I just may do it this year for my older two kids because I well, think... and then you know what, then you'll have put it in your time and you won't have to do it again for years. That's the other great. Exactly. Thing. And I should do it while I can walk down the street and don't have to park. This is the year I should do it. And I'll be like, remember that time I took you to the fireworks? <laughs> Absolutely. They're like, what? That happened? Like, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. in Santa Barbara like 10 years ago. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Just take a picture and make sure you save that picture. Yes, proof. Proof. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have a great show notes because I feel like we had, we mentioned a couple different things mm-hmm. that we need to link to now. All right. Well, this has been great. Episode 10. Everything will be at themomhour.com. It's yes. where you can find all this stuff we're talking about. And we will including make an a link to, next time to be more a link fun. to like us or review us or rate us on yes. iTunes. Please yes. continue to do that. It's really helpful. And yes. I've been seeing a lot of those trickle in. Absolutely. Great. Yay. Well, thanks. Email Megan. us. Hello at the mom hour. Hello, Hello at the mom, at hour the mom hour. Hour. Com. Thanks, right. everybody. Go enjoy your 4th of July in your curmudgeonly way. And everybody else <laughs> will be talking to you in the middle of next week. And we'll <laughs> be back good. in a week. Well, wasn't that just a fun little walk down memory lane? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I really, it's really fun to revisit those old ones because I forget how long we've been doing the show. And I know two years isn't that long, but. In mom years, two years can be an eternity and a yeah. lot changes. I agree. And I love thinking about our listeners and their little ones, both the listeners who've been along with us for the whole time. Thank you so much, longtime listeners, because yeah. your little kids are also two years older than whatever they were. Um, right. So maybe you can brave the amusement park now yeah. or, or maybe not. <laughs> or maybe not. Um, but also those, you know, those who are just joining us get to sort of get a preview that things do change and it does get easier. And that's one of the messages we return to again yeah. and again on the and show. And I have to say, even though this topic was we hate fun and we talked about all the stuff we hate doing, um, listening to it again did inspire me to kind of find something fun I can do with my kids that I actually will enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, which has changed over the years. And so something Claire and I might want to do together or Owen and I or William and I and yeah. it doesn't always have to be the same thing. Now that they're getting so big, it doesn't have to be all of them anymore. And that's another big benefit. And it doesn't have to be the thing your kid really wants to do. Right. One thing I really laughed at was when we talked about make-believe, which is still, I I really haven't changed my feelings about wanting to (laughs) make-believe with my kids. But you talked about Clara, and we we laughed about how preschoolers will script the make-believe and tell you exactly what to say, and it's just torturous. Um, And when we recorded, Violet was two and a half and just barely getting into simple make-believe, and now she's 
if full blown. And um, she actually pretends the very thing you talked about, Clara pretending, which is pretending that we're in a pet store and she is one of the animals that I'm supposed to come shop for. But it's so scripted that I never know exactly. Like there's always stuffed animals around and I'm supposed to, usually I'm supposed to not know that there's one lion cub left in the store <laughs> and I'm supposed to say something a, like, oh darn, thing? I really wanted only a, thing yeah, yeah. She doesn't tell you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And she, and if I do it wrong, of course she'll correct me, but I'm usually right. supposed to say, oh darn, I really wanted a lion cub today and I guess they're all out. And then she'll sort of like make a growling oh. sound from the corner and pop out. So anyway, I laughed about that because it, it it's so like funny. full it's circle. Like yeah. It is. It is. It's like, it's like they're just, they're wired to want to play those same games over and over. And yes. Over and I, th- I think more moms than care to admit it just aren't into the pretend plate. Maybe because we have to do so much nurturing already. Like we already have to take care of animals and humans and homes. It's like, please don't <laughs> well, ask me to also pretend to take care of your baby. Is, the reason I, I, I typically didn't like, pretend play like that is because I wanted a lot more creative license than I got. Right. I'd be annoyed. I was like, can't I make this game my own? And the answer was no. Oh, never, never. I was not allowed to do that. So it's, it's getting, you know, it's very different now. Clara does not ask me to play pet shop anymore. And I don't remember the last time she did. That's one of those sad, like, yeah, when was the last time she asked me? I don't remember. It's yeah. It just went away. It, they so, just, they you know. just do. I know. And yeah. probably if you were with nieces or nephews or somebody who wanted you to pretend for a few minutes, you would probably jump in because it's not, cute. it's not the day in and day out. Right. Like, Oh, I'm never going to escape this. So anyway, exactly. I thought that was funny. Well, before we wrap, um, just a couple of things, the show notes for this episode will be episode 109, which is the, up and current latest episode. I'll relink to anything we talked about in that conversation. So you can just go to episode 109 to find everything. Um, and I would also love to ask again for your reviews, either in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your ratings and reviews really help other people find the show. They make us feel really happy. And it's one of those things that takes a minute to do. And we really appreciate that. So if it's been kind of on your list and you've been meaning to do it and haven't, maybe take this holiday, this American holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Do the patriotic thing and leave us a rating a rating and review i would love have nothing to do with each other but no it'll be nice anyway it worked there's stars there's five stars that's true that's very patriotic um yeah and you can also always email us to say hello hello at the momhour.com or find us on social media let us know what kind of fun you hate what kind of fun you love and what you thought of this throwback episode so that's all i got you're doing today enjoy yourself and we'll be back next week sounds good bye everybody Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Tease Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. 
Well, you know, I am fan number one of the teas made. It's got such a cozy vibe and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines and home and family life. Just look for the teas made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. 